You guys can stay standing just for a few seconds. This morning is significant because this morning we're welcoming View Church Camps Bay to the family. Let's give them a big welcome from Table View. So to everyone, we're actually linked with Camps Bay right now, and we just want to welcome everyone at Camps Bay. We're so excited for this, this journey that we are starting today. Um, over the last 13 months, we have launched out into Malkbos, and we've seen God do something miraculous there, but not only seen people come together, but God's actually brought two churches together now. Let's become View Church Malkbos and fast track that. And now we, as we've stepped out into Camps Bay, we are trusting to... Um, yeah, to step out into Hout Bay after that. So we are believing that um, um, Camps Bay will ignite what's gonna happen in Hout Bay. So we are just welcoming everyone. Let's quickly pray together. Um, let's pray for Camps Bay quickly. God, we just lift up the Camps Bay community. We lift up everyone in that community. God, we know that you want to rule and reign over households and people in that community so you can bless people, so we can see people reach their destiny so we can see marriages flourish, we can see the next generation rise up, and we can just see that place honor you, God. We also believe that you wanna use the Camps Bay community to launch out into Heart Bay, so I pray that you would bless them now, where you'd pour your spirit out in a fresh way, that you would set that church, that location apart for your glory like never before. We'd see something fresh, something supernatural happen on the peninsula because of what happens in Camps Bay. Now I lift up all of us, everyone in Table View. We lift up everyone in Malkbos and Camps Bay. We pray that you'd speak to us. Come on, if you want God to speak to you, ask Him right now. Jesus, will you speak to me this morning? Um, Jesus, you see us as individuals. You see the married couples here. You see the families. I pray you'd speak into our lives. You'd do something supernatural this morning. For anyone who needs healing or breakthrough, will you bring it into their life? And for anyone who's not in a relationship with you, that this morning would be the start of that relationship with you. And everyone believed it said, amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. Sorry. <laughs> Again, I wanna welcome everyone. Um, yeah, I'm, my name is Andre for our first time guests here at Table View and at Camps Bay. Uh, my wife and I uh, lead the church there at Camps Bay. This morning, you would have got connected to our location pastor, Matt Gillette. Um, he's out there right now, but we are super excited. Like I said, in the last 13 months, we have um, sent people from this location, this church into Malkbos. We've also sent our sent people into to Camps Bay. You know, in COVID, they had seating restrictions, um, but there is no restrictions on sending people. And the church isn't as powerful as its seating capacity, but it is as powerful as its sending capacity. Um, we're doing a series called Dangerous Prayers. And um, tonight, if you're free, I encourage you to join us tonight. James Lucas will be preaching. And if you can't make it in person, you can jump online as well. You can double dip. People who double dip have a better chance of getting to heaven. Do you guys know that? <laughs> Listen, we don't know if that's true, but if you do get to heaven and they say, did you double dip on Sundays? And you say no, they say, okay, you go to the overflow room. Anyway, I'm joking. But, or you can be in person in one of our locations. Um, but uh, we're doing a series called Dangerous Prayers. And we've been looking at dangerous prayers. Last week I spoke about the Jabez prayer and how the significant prayer can be dangerous to um, the, the enemy's plans. Today I wanna talk about a prayer that is close to Jesus' heart. And he actually asked us to pray. 
in Mark 9, 35, verse 35, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages um, of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. I'll say it again. Jesus sees the people and he has compassion on them. He turns to his disciples and he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Then he says this, so pray to the Lord of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into the field. I will let you know that Jesus would like us to pray that prayer regularly. He'd like us to be praying for the workers because there is a great harvest on this planet. The harvest has actually got greater as time's gone on because there are more people on the planet and there is no problem with the harvest. The opportunity for the church is actually greater right now than it's ever been. And if we wake up to that opportunity, we would be praying for the workers continuously. What's so interesting about praying for the workers is as soon as you pray for a worker, you're praying for yourself. You actually are praying. That prayer helps the church, but it also helps you because you were designed to be a worker. There is no plan B. You are plan A, that's the only plan. Nobody else is coming. Nobody else is gonna get asked to do the job. You're gonna get asked to be Jesus' hands and feet. Matthew 4, 18 to 20 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea. So he walks past two fishermen. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. This is quite a famous story. Have you ever heard of that? Where Jesus walks past two people and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In Matthew 18, verse 12 to 14, it says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over the sheep than the 99 that did not go astray. In these scriptures, we first of all see that Jesus wants us to pray for the workers because there's a harvest that could potentially go off. A lot of people could ask, should we go into Malkbos? Should we go into Camps Bay? Should we believe to do something in Atlantis? Should we believe to do something in Marmesbury? Should we believe to do something in Hout Bay? Um, I do, because God says if we don't go, a harvest that's ripe could go off. We've been saying this, we've learned this, that if we go while it's green, we'll get there when it's ripe. But if we go when it's ripe, we might get there when it's off. We might have a bit of an fraught harvest, as we'd say in Afrikaans. But we need to be a church that's willing to go. For us, we might go, we might partner with people who are going, but we're willing to go. We're saying, here I am, send me. We believe Jesus has called all of you to be fishers of men, the fishers of women, um, people who don't know God. And then the last scripture, we see that God's actually focused on lost people. 
He says, if I have 99 sheep and one's lost, will I not leave the 99 to go after the one? And when I find the one, will I not rejoice? There'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one lost person coming to Christ than over 99 found people. That's not a scripture to make you offended because you're sitting here at Tableview at Camps Bay. That's actually a scripture to awaken us to the fact that God is distracted by lost people. Just like you and I get distracted by lost things, God's distracted by lost people. Anyone ever get distracted after losing a set of car keys? Come on, anyone? Anyone lost something in their house, a form, you need to go and pay a bill and then you don't have your, your ID or something? Anyone ever like, and then you, any one of you got that personality where if you've lost something, you'd like everyone to help you find it. Come on, let's just put that up in the room, okay? My wife is like that. Any one of those people in that group, have you ever got upset when people haven't helped you find it? Hey, by the lack of movement. Now it's like, we've lost this together. Why aren't you helping me? Why well, actually didn't lose it with you? But this is our, our, anyway, okay. I've heard of somebody losing their child in a shopping center, going to a security, going to the information and asking for help and no one actually was urgent. You can imagine their frustration. They're saying, my child, my prized possession, I can't find them. And you're just going, oh, well, go look over there. Have you, you can imagine the frustration of that person. Well, God is distracted by lost people. God is more concerned with the people who are not in this building. He loves us all fully, but He's distracted by those who aren't in the building. We exist for people who aren't here yet. You understand? We're gonna, and so as a church, we celebrate new people. We wanna be a church that's easy for you to bring your friends to. We don't apologize about that because we, believe, we know that God's distracted by lost people. We pray for our dream team. Our dream team are our workers. We've got dream team who are part of Tableview, Malkbos, Camps Bay. I just wanna honor all of our dream teamers. Can we just honor them, the workers, making themselves available? In a way, if you look at the planet, our dream team, we love them, but we're part of the few. I'm trusting that the few becomes more, but we do need to live like the few, the few who are putting their hand to the plow, who are working, but there needs to be a whole bunch of us. So if we are praying that dangerous prayer for the workers, we believe hell will become empty and heaven will be filled if we pray that prayer. That's why God says pray that prayer. The harvest is ripe. But if we pray that prayer, then practically something has to be lived out. Let's quickly pray that prayer. Table view, camps, let's pray it quickly. Lord, we thank you that you're in charge of the harvest. We ask you now to prepare us as the workers to go into the field in this city and reap the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. So just as we prayed that, you've prayed for yourself. God's got no other plan. You are plan A. It says they'll know that we're disciples by the way we love each other. The message of the church is, is not only us going out in the way we, but also in the way we treat each other, but we are plan A. There's no other plan. But even as we're plan A, 
let's practically look at how to respond to that prayer. Let's practically look at what God's gonna start to do in our life as the workers. And the first thing I wanna say is that if we are the, as the workers, if we're gonna be the workers, number one, we need to follow. It's pretty simple. It say, he says to the, the fishermen, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Now, when Ian and I started dating in 2007, it was the Rugby World Cup. Anyone remember that? Uh, we won that World Cup. Brian Banner became the most famous, pretty much rugby player then. He scored the most tries at the World Cup and it was a great World Cup. Um, we, I really enjoyed it. At that point, we were touring. When the final was played, we, we used to go and do uh, camps in Ireland and England and tour with our worship team, this church's worship team. And I was over there. And before I left, of course, we started dating and we started watching sports. Leanne wasn't watching rugby at that point. We started watching, go to the Stormers games and Leanne got into it. I remember on the, the night of the final, um, uh, we, of course, we, um, it was a Saturday night, that final. Yeah. And we, uh, what we did was uh, Leanne and I connected and she was at a, like a watch party in a way, a World Cup final watch party. And we were talking throughout the game and she was totally into it and she loved every moment. Who remembers the 2010 World Cup? Come on, that was, that, was, that was awesome. None of us worked. We don't know how business carried on in this country. Everyone got a Fuvuzela. There was a dude at this robot here. I reckon he blew the Fuvuzela the whole tournament. Like, that's all I remember here. Like, you honestly, I don't know who assigned him to the job, but he did a great job, that guy. I don't know. He's probably still got the best lungs in our country right now. But, but we all got a Fuvuzela. Everyone, like, even though people hated the thing, we got them. You know what I mean? My wife and I watched games, and we totally got into the World Cup. This is what I've learned. That, that if you follow something, it will make you something. I always joke with my brother-in-law, um, Dina and I, uh, he, was, he was in the church and, and he was in our youth. And I worked with him. Of course, we planted Dina out into Tigerberg, but he married my wife's sister. And I've always said the test for him would be to see if Kelly also now follows rugby, you know, and soccer, but she hasn't. And clearly he lacks leadership. And anyway, but anyway, that's a side thing. And that's just a challenge to you guys out there. But, but with Leanne, she started following it and it made her a rugby supporter. It made her a soccer supporter. See, I wanna ask you to look because whatever you're becoming is the back end of what you're following. Here's another thing. Wherever your treasure goes, there your heart will also go. Wherever you're spending your time, your, your, your talent, your gifting, and your, and your treasure, that's, so, so your life follows your treasure. You understand? So whatever you're following, you're becoming, if you're just following your career, you're becoming a business person. When you fail your career, your career won't forgive you. If you're just following your children, you become a parent. What a blessing. But that's all you become. But the biggest blessing to your children is following Jesus. Because you become more like Jesus. But you understand, wherever you're putting what's highly valuable, that's what you follow and that's what you'll become. It's pretty simple. If you wanna be a worker in God's kingdom, you just need to follow Jesus. Simple, just start to read your Bible. When he asks you to do something, do it. It's just a basic thing of obedience. And I've found as I've been obedient to God, I've opened my eyes and he's just given me opportunity to connect with people. 
I've seen opportunity of this week, even prepping this message. I connected with some people in pick and pay. Yesterday I did a wedding and then the photographer said, we live in Sarah, do you go to church? Oh, actually, you know, we need to go back. Okay, why don't you come to church? And then, then talking to this person, this, then, then this person said, we're getting married in, in, in the same, what do you do? No, no, this guy was quite interesting. He owns a space company. So I was there, we spoke and then just from the message, what did you mean by that? And we just got to speak, but, but there was just opportunities everywhere. There were, there's opportunity, you must stand because there will always be opportunity. That's not even like a, like a will there be. It says the harvest is right. There's massive opportunity and people who follow Jesus always become people who reach out to people. It's just a natural thing. All you need to do is become obedient. That's all I'm asking you to do. Will you start to follow Jesus? Read your Bible, whatever he asks you to do, try to do it. And you will find your life with massive opportunity to bless other people, to be God's light to other people. The second thing is, God wants to empower you to fish. So as you follow, you will always find there's an opportunity and you're on the verge of accessing heaven's power. And all it takes is just maybe greeting them. Hey, how's it going? I, I, I do it all the time. I'll go to a restaurant, I'll, I'll, I'm a shopping overture, but I always chirp, what's your name, where do you live? Just get to know them. Be friendly. If I'm open with them, they'll be open to God. That's the rule. But if you're closed off, they'll be closed off. But if you open, you set the tone. But, but you can do that with anyone. You can do that at all. You can do that at work. You can do that um, at a shopping center. You can do that at the school you go to, university. But, but, but as soon as you do it, God wants to empower you. All the power you've ever desired from heaven is accessed as you focus on others, as you actually step out. And so, so it says in Acts 1 verse 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So, so Jerusalem is in our, where our Cape Town, like what we're doing, right? We believe that God's saying we need to focus on Tableview, uh, Malpo's up the West Coast and Atlantic Seaboard. We believe Hart Bay and wrapping around Constantia and Rondebosch. We believe we need to play a part in that. If it's us going out or if it's us partnering with people who are already there. But we believe that's our Jerusalem. But we also believe there's Judea and Samaria. So, so at the end of November, we're gonna take up a love offering for Jerusalem in a way. But, but we're also gonna take up a love offering. We're gonna partner with our Kales River team and we're going to help them. Uh, well, well, our Tigerberg Hills are gonna plant into Kales River. We're gonna actually bless them. They, they don't even really know about it. We're just gonna say, hey, we feel we wanna say into this. But we believe as we do it, God will empower us. Because he says, I empower you to be witnesses, Jerusalem. So, so then we've got Zambia. Zambia was planted out of this church. Our associate then left. That's become a multi-million dollar mission. We've got hospitals. We're building our second hospital. We've got orphanages. We we build wells. We've got, we've got hundreds of churches. Thousands of people are in church because of our Zambia missions. We're gonna sow money into that. But he says, when we become those kinds of people, heaven's power comes on you. See, the thing is, you might say, I don't have the, the ability to do it. It's never been about your ability. It's always been about your availability. Because as soon as you become available, God's ability comes on yours. God's power comes on your availability. Please do not shrink your life back and always measure your reach potential by your ability. God says, I will come on your life when you reach. 
and the, you will go further than you can hope, dream, or imagine. Because he says, I can do exceedingly abundantly more uh, and above, more you can hope, dream, or imagine, according to my power that's at work with in you. God wants to work in you and through you, but you need to become available and he will help you. The, the third thing I want to encourage you to do is connect with people. Please, connect with people, don't correct people. Um, see, you, you and I connect people. So even as we started the service, the tail view, Casper, I asked you to ask Jesus to speak to you. I just connected with you and then I connected you to Jesus. See, Jesus can save you. I can't. I can serve you, but only Jesus can save you. My role is serving, Jesus' role is saving. My role is serving, Jesus' role is healing. You know what I'm saying? Jesus can heal you, can save you. I need to connect with you. A lot of us want to almost be the Messiah. No, 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 no. If you don't hear what I'm saying and do what I do, then you can't. We say, come as you are. We've even had some people write articles in this community that we shouldn't say that. But, but here's a thought, is we say, come as you are, because if you come as you are, and then you meet Jesus, then if you truly meet Jesus, you will never stay as you are. If you open your life up, Jesus, He will change your life. He'll heal you. You won't stay as you are. So that's why we say, we're not scared of what you'll bring because we know the power of Jesus. And so G lepers came to Jesus. Um, people who are sick, people who are sinners, people who are caught in sin came to Jesus. They came as they were. Some of them caught out, like the lady caught in the act of adultery, brought to Jesus. But, but the key was not that she, she um, you know what I mean, where she was at. It was the fact that she came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to her, I forgive you, go sin no more. Jesus can change you. But, but I want to encourage you to connect with people. Love them. Don't correct them. Connect with them. See, people don't know how much you care. I mean, people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. Theodore Roosevelt actually said that. People don't know, care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care about the Savior you know until they know that you care. Sometimes we're trying to push the secondary thing instead of the primary thing. If they will not be open to you if you're not open to them. Get to know their name. Connect with people and see God do something supernatural. The fourth thing I encourage you to do is lift them up. If you go fishing and you've connected with the fish, you put some bait on your, your hook, the fish has bitten the bait, what's the next thing you need to do with that fish? You need to lift it up. You need to get out the water. It stays in the water, it's connected, but it's not. You need to lift that fish up. It says in Romans 15 verse one, we who are strong in the faith ought to help the weak in order to build them up in the faith. Of course, one of the ways to lift people up is to honor them. Honor is like pouring water in a bucket and say the cork's at the bottom of the bucket. You pour water in, as you pour the water in, the cork lifts. So they start rising up to, to, to their potential. But for us, we lift them up because we know there's a Savior in heaven who wants to touch their lives. So, so we lift them up. We don't push them down. You know, if you meet somebody who's struggling and they ask you for help and you can't help them, if you just brush them off, then 
even just the bit of dignity they had left, you've taken that from them as well. So, so the way we speak to people is important. Lift them up, greet people, smile. You don't have to be important in that conversation. They are important. You understand, you've got Jesus. You don't need to lord it over people, but you can lift people up. Hey, what's your name? Where do you come from? That's, I, I won't, when people come, no matter where they, what they do, where they work, where they're from, lift them up. People come to your house, people you meet, you, you might even meet somebody at a robot knocking you, can I have help? Open up, the, you might not have, but lift them up. Let them leave with a bit more than they came with when they're in your space, even a smile. All you have for them is prayer. We see prayer changes everything, pray for them, but lift people up. Mark 16, verse 15 says, Jesus said to the followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. That is to all people. Yeah, a lot of us go, but I can't lift people up. Yeah, how can I actually go into all the world? Listen, the person who invited me to church was not weird, was not a nutter, was actually just very generous. See, my friend got me here, and then I didn't come, and there was a, a, another guy in this church, and he, he actually started to come watch our soccer games. He was just one of the youth leaders. And how funny is this? Like, if we need a lift off soccer, he'd give us a lift anywhere. He didn't say, hey, I'll give you a lift if you come to church. He said, you need a lift, I'll, I'll sort you out. And you know what? The more I got to know him over a few months, just come to our games, he used to come to the school, then we used to play touch rugby at Big Bay. I actually never knew while they were playing, they were all praying for us. And I actually said, out of nowhere, I said, God, if that's what a Christian is, I wanna be one. That was it. I have no doubt the person who got you into church, who opened you, was probably an, a family member or aunt or a granny or a friend who actually was just loving and caring. They weren't nutters, going crazy, turn or burn. Anyone? Think about it. They really just loved you. They invited you. They were generous too. And that's all we have to do. There's, there was a study where they, they looked at millions of people and they, they did over a few years. And they asked these people, why aren't you in church? And the number one reason people didn't go to church, listen to this, listen to this. No one invited me. That was it. <laughs> that was the number one reason. I wanna ask you, how many invites have you given out this week? That's all it takes sometimes. Just inviting somebody. I came to this church because I was invited. That was it. And then I got to know somebody in the church after that who was just amazing. And then I said, I wanna be a Christian. So I encourage you to lift people up, to be generous to them, to be outward looking. Can I have um, some keys up? Number five, I want you to remember this. People go where they're celebrated. People go where they're celebrated, not tolerated. Have you ever wondered why that family member doesn't come to your house anymore? Because every time they come, you tolerate them. You argue with them. People go where they're celebrated, not tolerated. The church will never reach the people we reach if we tolerate everyone who lives in our city. We whine about them. 
We complain about them. Oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see what they did again? Did you see what people are doing in our city? Did you see what the people are doing in our country? You know, then we say, God, will you save our politicians? But let's face it, we complain about them all the time. People will never go where they're tolerated. They'll only go where they are celebrated. Are we loving people? You know that it says that, that heaven celebrates, Luke 15 verse seven. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God. And I mentioned it, the, the lost sheep, the over, then over 99. There's more joy in heaven. Heaven celebrates people coming to Jesus. That's why I love it. All of you guys are one day gonna die and go where you're celebrated to heaven. If you receive Jesus, you're gonna go where you celebrate. The church should realize that heaven is a place of celebration. We should be a place of celebration. We should be so excited when new people come, when people come into our church and they can come as they are. Whatever they've struggled with or been through, you can come as you are because we know if you meet Jesus, you won't stay as you are, but we celebrate you. We are so happy you can be here. We're so happy that we wanna give you four free cappuccinos. You know what I mean? Like people who drink our coffee for more in love with Jesus, it's so good they drink it and they say, thank you, Jesus, for this coffee. But I wanna rem remind you, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors, making our, He's making His appeal through us. There's no plan B. We represent Him. We should be celebrating people. You can do it. You don't have to feel fearful. You can celebrate people. You can actually lift people up. Um, you can trust God to use you. You might say, but I can't be used. Well, this was uh, what the Jerusalem Management Consultancy said to Jesus after looking at his team of disciples. The memo was to Jesus, son of Nazareth, woodcrafter, carpenter, um, uh, woodcrafter, carpenter shop, Nazareth, from the Jordan Management Consultants in Jerusalem. Dear sir, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for management positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests. We have not only run the results through our computer, but we've also arranged personal interviews with each of them with psychological and vocational aptitude, with our psychological and vocational um, aptitude consultant. It is the source opinion that most of your nominees are lacking background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We'd, uh, we would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable, unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. And the two brothers, James and John, or the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questionable attitude um, that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it's our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James um, um, and Theodos definitely have radical leanings and they both register a high score on the manic depressive scale. One of your candidates, however, shows great potential. He's a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, and has a keen, um, keen mind for business and uh, has contacts in high places. He's highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as the controller and right-hand man. All of the other profiles are self-explanatory. 
We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely yours, the Jordan Management Consultants. <laughs> if you met the disciples, they would not have passed the test. See, anyone else was already enrolled in a school. They already had a rabbi. Because if you didn't make it into the rabbis, the school of rabbis, you became a fisherman. You went and found another career. But this is what I want you to see. Being used by God has never been about ability. It's always been about availability. That's it. So we've made ourselves available. We're available for Table View. Malkbots, we're available for Camps Bay. We're available for the city. We're available to sow into churches in this country. We're available for Zambia. We've made ourselves available. God says He looks across the earth to look for those who are fully committed to Him to show Himself strong on their behalf. It's never been about your ability. It's always been about your availability. But as you make yourself available, God puts His power on your life and He uses you. The sixth thing, second last thing is be generous. Matthew 5 verse 16, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, um, you'll be prompted uh, to open, um, they'll be prompted to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. By opening up to others, you'll be prompted to open up to God. They'll be open up to God. I encourage you to be generous. Proverbs 11, verse 24 to 25, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. I want to remind you, if they don't like you, they won't like him. If they don't like you, they won't like him. You've got nothing to lose you can be released to be generous. Don't question if your generosity is bad. Just be generous. Yes, be a steward and, and, and manage your finances and do it well, but, but be generous. As you open up your life, they'll open up their hearts to God. Lastly, be ready. 2 Timothy 4 verse two. We should always be ready to serve God in any situation, whether or not, it is convenient. Be sensitive to the opportunities God gives you. God's gonna give you opportunities this week as you follow Him. God's gonna give you opportunities to love people, to speak to them, to lift them up. Find out their name, where they're from. Hey, is there anything you're going through I can pray for? Yeah, you can pray for that. Okay, I'll pray for it. You see them again next week or the week after or the next day, you're walking past that shop or that restaurant or at gym or, or, or you're in, back in the office and say, I've been praying. I haven't forgotten, really. Tell me anything else you need, I'll pray. You know, when I was working, I was, when I was um, 20 years old, 21, I worked two years in a, in a business and the number one thing I did for people was I offered them prayer. Hey, bro, how's it going? Is your sales going? I pray for your sales. Really, yeah. Next day, how's it going? Next week, how's it going? It's just, I was really praying. This year, I was only 20, praying for people's marriages. You know what happened? People closed doors. Hey, Andre, I've got another thing I need you to pray for. 
You know when people got saved in that office? It all started with just me offering them prayer for free. No strings attached. No matter, we, I had a, one um, lady, a Muslim lady, um, I prayed for her. Then she said to me, do you have any music, spiritual music? I said, yeah, I started buying her worship albums. She got saved. But it took about six months of listening to worship. Just be generous. Be ready. You know, we believed last year as we planted Malpus, Malpus had some needs. We wrote a list down. You guys were part of it. We did a love offering, a heart for the house. And we took in an offering and we had this list. And then what, month, two months back, God not only, not only provided, because we had money, we, we sowed it. But then Edge Church Malpus actually asked that we join and become one church and becomes View Church Malpus. And all the resources that were in the church was made available. God like answered this prayer, but, but you know what happened? There were a few families, a lot of you guys, but Leanne and I sold an asset, we put it in. See, I'm never gonna get this life back. I'm never gonna get this life back. And, and what I've learned is if my life is all about comforts, it will never become about risk. And the more comfortable you'll get, the less you will risk. And I just needed to Leanne to go with it. I said, it's so funny. I, we both said, where's the money for this? And we both pointed to the same thing. I said, let's sell it. You know what's crazy is we could only do a part now, other families who did the same, and then God just fast-tracked it. But we were ready. You know, David, Goliath there and he was ready. He throws a stone, Goliath goes down. He, Saul chased him and he, he was ready. He honored God still. He didn't dishonor Saul, but, but he was ready. He fought wars and he won victory, became the greatest king. And then all of a sudden his life became comfortable. And it says when there was a time that men went to war, David wasn't at war. He was on his roof of his castle in his comfort. And he saw Bathsheba and he ends up falling into great sin and even murders a husband. Here's the man who risked so much and became the greatest king and then in comfort fell into the greatest sin. I'm not saying you're David, but here's the thing. A lot of you have stopped doing God's work because it's gonna mess with your schedule. I'm not gonna serve, it's my schedule. I'm not gonna give, it's my money. You've lost that risk factor. Life has become about material and it's not about heaven anymore. Then God says, pray for the workers. Pray for those workers. Let them be woken up to the opportunity because there's a harvest that is ripe. But there are only a few. I pray that you would be woken to the opportunity to be a worker for God. Do you wanna close your eyes? Listen, even as you are here, table view and camps bay, maybe you've started living in a place of comfort and you haven't realized it, but God's actually third or fourth on your list. Every decision you make is connected to your comfort, not to your calling. The decisions you make are connected to life on earth, but not eternity in heaven. And I wanna remind you that God's never come third or fourth 
God is only first. If He's not first on your list, He's not on your list. And you've realized that Jesus isn't the Lord of your life. And when we get saved, it's not only about receiving the free gift of salvation, it's about putting Him first in your life. Salvation isn't, please, Jesus, forgive my sins. It's forgive my sins and become the Lord of my life. And you've drifted. You need to come back and say, not only, Jesus, do I need you to forgive me of my sins, but I do need you to be first in my life. I wanna give you that opportunity to put Him first again. If that's you, you need to come back to Jesus, ask Him to forgive you of your sins and put Him at the top of your list again. I wanna, you would tell me in to close your eyes and we're gonna see you Good leaders in both locations. It says, as you acknowledge Christ before others, our Father acknowledges us, uh, God, Jesus acknowledges us before our Father in heaven. I'm gonna quickly ask you to raise your hands. If that's you, you want me to pray for you. One, God loves you so much. Two, today's a salvation. Three, pop your hand up high. Everyone who put their hand up, let me see. One, two, three. Anyone at camps, put your hand up. Also, you can put your hands down. Anyone else, pop, pop your hand. if you didn't put your hand up, just say, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, that's me. I know God's spoken to me through this message. I know He's not number one in my life. I wanna put Him number one in my life. I wanna receive the free gift of salvation, but I also wanna make Him the Lord of my life. He's gonna be the Lord of my life. Let's pray together as a church family, table view and camps back. Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross. Today, I wanna receive the free gift of salvation. Please forgive me of my sins. I also wanna make you the Lord of my life, first place in my life. Because of this confession that you are the Son of God and this belief in my heart that God raised you from the dead, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise in Tableview, Camps Bay. Table view one more time. Can we give a big cheer for Camps Bay? I'm gonna hand it over to Matt. Can't wait to see everyone next week at church. And then for us tonight, we got um, James Lucas preaching. So we'd love for you to join us. And don't miss out, you can invite anyone to church here. Table view, Malpus, or Camps Bay, all three locations. We're one church, three locations. Have an awesome week. God bless you guys.